Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress that is trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. It's a great mattress at a very reasonable price point. It comes with a 20-year warranty and a great deal for our listeners. Douglas is giving you a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. That is douglas.ca slash CanadaLand. Hey, I need you to pay close attention to this message. It is not an ad. This is about CanadaLand and this is about you. You need to know that the news crisis is about to get a lot worse. You've heard about the layoffs. We're about to have news closures. And it's very likely that we're going to be seeing the defunding of the CBC. Where are you going to get your information from? What can you do about this? You can support CanadaLand. We need you to. And so for this month and this month only, you can become a CanadaLand supporter and get everything our supporters get for just $2 a month. That is an almost 80% discount. The clock is ticking on this. It disappears at the end of the month, and then we will not offer it. We need your support. We need to keep news coverage alive in Canada. Go right now to canadaland.com slash join. And thank you. Jen Ag. <laughs> yeah, that's me. Restaurateur, author, buddy of mine. I hear she's a real beaut. Welcome to Shortcuts, where we talk shit about the news. Are you kidding me? Oh my God. You really nailed that intro, Jesse. Thank you very much. Jen, today we're going to talk about rabid anti-Trudeau mobs and rabid anti-Gen Ag mobs. Glad to have you here. (laughs) Yeah, I'm ready. Uh, I I don't feel talked out on this at all, so that's perfect. Talked out before we even begin. (laughs) Today's episode is brought to everybody by Matthew Long, Adam Kerbel, Benjamin Cuthbert, Ed Scherer, Veronica Gorlova, Tyler Moorhart, Charlene Lachlan, and Maxine. Hi, I'm Maxine. I'm a freelance journalist from Guelph, Ontario, and I currently live in London, England. I support Canada Land because the show keeps me up to date on some of the most important and overlooked news stories from back home. I'm a big fan of the new series, White Saviors, and I hope that you guys will continue to produce more investigations like it. Piece of shit! Fuck you, Trudeau! Come out and fucking talk! Fuck you, Trudeau! 
absolutely sold this out long ago. Shame on you for perpetuating it. Absolutely. The fear mongering for the fucking COVID. We're complicit. All of you are complicit. Wow. Angry people, Jen. That is what has dominated coverage of the uh, election campaign this week is is just that uh, Trudeau is being dogged by these mobs. Uh, Everything's turned ugly. Lock him up. Fuck him up. Pictures of Trudeau about to be hanged. There's there's this like, you know, this meme from a long time ago that he's Castro's illegitimate son. That keeps coming up. And the media seems to be pretty united in condemnation of these angry people. Even post-media, protesters must respect democracy. In democracies, it's unacceptable to disrupt the campaigns of any political leader. Oh, it is? Um, Okay. And his or her party to the extent that security concerns prompt the cancellation of their events. Uh, I guess that's like who determines whether it needs to be canceled. It's, It's the politician's own people. But anyhow, everybody agrees this is wrong. We have uh, journalist Justin Ling. At a certain point, there has to be some action taken against the roaming band of anti-vax miscreants and nutjobs whose presence is threatening enough to warrant canceling events. And even when journalists are covering this, like Glenn McGregor covers the fact that people have these images of Trudeau about to be hanged, um, Gerald Butts tweets, I wonder if the veteran reporter promoting mocked up photos of the prime minister about to be hanged, realizes he's doing precisely what these protesters hope for. So even covering these protesters is considered to be promoting their cause. And journalists seem to agree with with, with Gerald Butts. Here's here's Susan Delacorte writing in the Toronto Star. I'm going to read from this for a minute. On the campaign trail with Justin Trudeau, I saw an ugly new vision of Canada. The demonstrations popping up along the campaign trail are dragging politics down a perilous path, a whole new kind of hell. Many in the crowd are convinced that Trudeau is the son of former Cuban dictator Fidel Castro, and one truly terrifying poster depicts the liberal leader as he is about to be executed. They hold up their phones like swords and shields. A foul-mouthed and brazen army of political character assassins, the horde chanting and cursing, How does anyone lead Canada with this unrest stirring among the citizenry? This crowd, in short, looks ungovernable. They aren't just at the fringe of politics. They're a democratic mutation of free speech. Shit, I'm scared. (laughs) Of these guys? People are saying, I just don't understand the visceral hatred of Justin Trudeau. I read that tweet this morning. I just don't understand why people hate him so much. Jen... I don't agree with these mobs of idiots, but like, I'm not going to pretend that I don't understand why people hate Justin Trudeau. Do you understand? I don't like the framing of this question. Oh my goodness. I mean, yeah, I understand people hating politicians, obviously. Yes. I'm talking about this politician. I don't hate Justin Trudeau, but I understand that he is an obsequious, sanctimonious, smarmy, insincere, arrogant person. He's patronizing. He talks to Canadians like we're all in kindergarten. He has the most punchable face. It's it's weird. It's weird that he's all those things, but he's like such a bro, too. Like, I think that's the funniest part. He's just such a bro. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I I'm not a fan. But how are we, how are we going to act like like we're mystified by people who don't like Justin Trudeau? Oh, come on, Jesse. Like, obviously, the way that they are expressing their hatred is 
like deeply fucked up. Is it? I don't know. Look, oh, look. You, don't, don't. I hate when you do this. It's so annoying. Like, you know that that's true. What is wrong with trying to understand something? Not to excuse it or apologize for it, but like, like, let's try to understand. And this is about more than just the guy himself, right? Like, we are living through unprecedented shit. Like, this is the biggest government curtailment of our civil liberties since World War II. Like, not since the government drafted people to go die overseas has the government asked this much from citizens. Like, Sorry, in what way? Okay, over the past two years, stay home, shut down your business, curfews, cover your face, educate your own children. I'm, My God, I'm no for funerals. All that stuff. No, I'm for it too. But <laughs> let's just like like accept what it is. No funerals, no weddings, no seeing your relatives when they have to go to a hospital. That is more of an intrusion on our way of life than anything we've seen since World War II. So it doesn't shock. And I'm for that. It's necessary. Oh my God, we didn't understand a lot about what was happening with COVID a year ago. The science has changed so quickly. Do I think our government's response has been like top-notch amazing? Absolutely not. Do I think we needed to skip outdoor funerals? Of course not. We understand that now. But I do think, uh, I do think a lot of that stuff was so necessary, even though I own a business. I'm going to yell like I disagree with you, even though I completely I, agree with I you. I hate you. Oh my God. <laughs> Jen, the context is that after all of that, our government calls a completely unnecessary election from a completely cynical place, like just to solidify their own power. Right. And as Trudeau campaigns, he's breaking his own rules, right? Like the people gathering indoors to save his job, they're allowed to break the rules for that purpose, but they're not allowed to break the rules for the purpose of a restaurant owner. And it's not even a lot of people. Like in Sudbury, there's like 25 people who showed up and were super, like, does that surprise me? Is that like a threat to our very democracy that there's 25 people and like everyone is like wringing their hands and clutching their pearls that like oh these are not your usual conservative protesters these people are irrational they're swearing and they have violent imagery like welcome to participatory democracy like we burn our leaders in effigy it's very different than actually hanging him to have a picture of him being hung hanged i think is the way we I say think that it's hanged it's hanged yeah but like it's just becoming political theater. And then Trudeau is very happy to like leverage. It's just like a handful of idiots. He's very happy to leverage that and utilize them as a political prop. So, so here, here's, here's what's like, the question in all those words. I am getting to that. Here's <laughs> Trudeau, like realizing the opportunity that these protesters gave him. The folks out there tonight shouting the anti-vaxxers, they're wrong. They are putting at risk their own kids, and they're putting at risk our kids as well. And Aaron O'Toole is siding with them. So shame on you, Aaron O'Toole. You need to condemn those people. You need to correct them. You need to denounce them, says Trudeau. Shame on you, Aaron O'Toole. He fucking did denounce them. So... It's a very handy thing that those idiot protesters equal Aaron O'Toole for a flagging campaign from Justin Trudeau. It's just not actually true. I mean, isn't that what politics is, to be fair? Like, I, I get, yeah. I get yeah. asked all the time, all the time, way too often, which, like, I mean, if you follow my career or if you're just a casual observer of my Twitter feed or if you know me at all, 
to ask me when I'm going into politics is a crazy question. Like, why would anyone <laughs> smart do that? I think that that's, that's, you said a mouthful. Uh, <laughs> why we get the politicians we do in this country has a lot to do with that. I just yeah. don't like the bullshit. You know, we're acting as if that is the defining thing of this campaign, this handful of idiots. And there's even like stories in the star of like, how are they even organizing to protest? And it's like, uh, well, they're using oh, social media apps. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, like, I, like they've got, they've got texts. Who's, I don't asking, know. who's asking that question? That's a dumb question. How are they organizing? It was a series of, I think, a series of articles by Alex Boudelier. They're not, like, they're interesting articles about how this subculture is operating. I'm just not sure that that's such a burning question. And then there's this bullshit of, like, you know, you're Susan Delacorte in the Toronto Star writing about these protesters as if they're, like, the orcs in Lord of the Rings, like this this horde of miscreants who are threatening our very democracy. And then the front fucking page of the Toronto Star is fomenting division— Like the front page of the Toronto Star last Thursday, there are just these quotes and they're not even in quotation marks. I have no sympathy left for the willfully unvaccinated. Let them die. Unvaccinated patients do not deserve ICU beds. I honestly don't care if they die. And that's on the front cover. I'm like, well, where where's that from? And it turns out that they just like pulled some random shit from Twitter and put it on the front page of the biggest newspaper in the country. Wow. And later apologized for it. Journalism. So, you know, it's like you show that front page to the anti-vaxxers and that's the fuel for their movement. Like, look, they don't even care if we die. Yeah, it's a dumb, it's a dumb thing to say. It's a dumb thing to think. I mean, yeah, uh, do, am I kind of over it? And do I think they should all get vaccinated? Absolutely, of course. Do I wish death upon them? No. I don't wish death upon them. I have two kids under 12. So just as a statement of fact, it would be better for me if they died. Like I would prefer. <laughs> what? That's, that's not mean. That's just true. They, they're spreading a disease that my kids are vulnerable to. So I, I don't wish them ill will. I'm just saying the fact that it would be better if they were dead for me and my kids. It, it would, would be better. be better for me and my restaurants, too. This episode is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. Trust is important. There are a lot of mattress lies out there, a lot of mattress liars. And I, I, I didn't intend the pun, but it occurred to me that there is one as I was saying those words. Listen, I am not lying to you. Uh, I have uh, experienced the Douglas mattress. It is an exceptional mattress at a surprisingly affordable price point. It is a mattress that sleeps cool. It doesn't have that weird thing in the summer where the mattress gets like an oven. It's a very good product. It's delivered to your house in a box. You don't have to go to a big mattress store. It is a medium firm mattress, which is what Canadians prefer. And it comes with a 365-night trial and a 20-year warranty. What more can I tell you? Douglas is giving our listeners a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health, CAMH. We hear a lot about the opioid crisis. We talk a lot about the mental health crisis. These are serious problems. These problems affect us all. They've affected my life and my community. They're not intractable problems. I don't know what's going to solve them on a policy level, but day-to-day helping people, that's what CAMH does. They do it on the ground when people need help, and they do it through research. The team at CAMH gave our team a tour of their facilities, and we were really just blown away by the incredible 
heroic work that they're doing every day. They treat everyone with dignity, and their research is seeking and finding real solutions for everyone around the world. Help change mental health care forever. Your support will help CAMH build a future where no one is left behind. Donate at camh.ca slash CanadaLand to help CAMH treat addiction and build hope. Uh, Jen, I know you listen to the show every week religiously, and you know that we duly note things that people should know more about. What do you have to share with the people today? Has anyone heard of exercise? I've forgotten. I've forgotten all about it. <laughs> listen, listen. I know that, like, there's kind of an anti-Fitzbo vibe out there. I understand where it comes from, and I agree that body positivity is a wonderful thing. You look great, Jesse. I just think, I know people know that exercise is good, but for me, over the past 15, 17 months, how long has this been dragging on? Uh, it was probably life-changing in a way that I don't think I would have gotten through this as well if I had not started taking my physical health very seriously because of the very positive effects that it's had on my mental health. Yeah, I can't, I'm very upset by the words that are coming out of my mouth right now because I sound like such an asshole, but it's really been life-changing. And also I would say going back and watching old Law and Orders, OG Law and Orders, very problematic in lots of ways, but man, that was good serial television. You are duly noting exercise and reruns. Okay, listen, first of all, I've had like very little time to prepare for this. Like 40, I think I, that's, <laughs> that, that's, I think that that's, it's, this is why I like having civilians on because oh like that God. is what should be duly noted. Wow, that, it's, that's so rude, Jesse. Why, why should we just overlook news stories? Overlook for your physical health. Jen Ag is here to remind you. I, I think that's totally a good duly noted. I can't believe it. I just, I just didn't, I couldn't, I didn't have time to think of anything like really, really, you know, niche and cool and interesting. And then I was like, honestly, you know what I like? I like exercise and I like law and order. Duly noted. I want to duly note my disagreement with something I heard on a podcast. It was this podcast. Last week when I was uh, on vacation, Fatima Sayed did a wonderful job of sitting in for me, and um, Sean Holman was on the show, and they agreed on something, and I don't agree. And I'm gonna, I, I, I just are, feel are like- Are you going uh, back on your own show, and you're criticizing a thing that happened on your show when somebody was like helping you out by filling in for you? Is that what's happening right now? Yeah, I think that's pretty clear. Okay. That's exactly what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> No, I, you know, it's an opinion show and there was an opinion or two that I disagree with. And that opinion was that like, it was like uh, about the way that this video that Christia Freeland tweeted had been edited and then flagged by Twitter as manipulated media. And I think that uh, Fatima and Sean felt like, come on, that's just politics as usual. What's the big deal? And I think it's true that that's just politics as usual. But I also think that it was a deceptive tweet. The editing of the video wasn't necessarily deceptive, but the way that Freeland set it up could reasonably lead people to believe that, like, we're for universal public health care. This guy is for private health care. And I think that the way that the text of the tweet and the video were lined up justified Twitter calling it manipulated. It was leading you to a conclusion that was not true. And I just think that as journalists, especially on this show, we're supposed to be like, hey, it's not good that there was an intent to deceive people into thinking that, like, wh whatever, his two-tier policy, go ahead and criticize that. But it's not a replace public with private policy. And I think that the intent was to kind of, like, I don't know, fool people into thinking that that's what he was saying. And, um, you know, that's what I think. I, I definitely stopped listening halfway through that. 
Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Here, I got one last one. Uh, thank you to Vaccine Hunters Canada. They seem to have wrapped it up. And after, like, this amazing effort, Andrew Young, Sabrina Craig, and over 100 volunteers, no funding. They don't take donations. They're not affiliated with any corporation, no sponsorship, no political affiliation. They just stepped in and helped people get vaccinated. And it's just like you love to see it. My constant complaint through this whole fucking pandemic has been people want to help and they understand most people that this is like really bad and there's just no place to put, it seems at times, a desire for like civic participation and community efforts to help one another where everybody else is failing us. And I don't know. These were like people who found a really creative way to do that and it doesn't happen enough and, and uh, it should be applauded Fucking Order of Canada for Vaccine Hunters. Duly noted. Jen Ag, you, you are not running an unnecessary and unwanted election right now, but you, like our prime minister, have also been harassed by anti-vax protesters, um, specifically people who are very concerned, angrily concerned about the looming threat of vaccine passports. And my understanding is that this had been going on for weeks on Dundas, outside of uh, two of your restaurants, but I don't know that it got much media attention until last week. Tonight. Serving notice. A Toronto restaurateur says she and her staff are being harassed by protesters because she's pro-vaccine passport. And since they won't step back, she wants government to step up. Jen Ag says every Saturday evening for the last four weeks, the protesters have been here crowding the area, chanting, yelling, and mostly just being disruptive. Jen, what suddenly got the media to take an interest in your story? Okay, so I know that you know the answer to that, and it was me tweeting about it and tweeting incessantly at the mayor and at Doug Ford, or Ford Nation, as is his Twitter handle. And I thought about it a lot. I had remained quiet up until that point for... Stoic even, stoic. Stoically quiet for reasons. Because A, I didn't want to pour fuel on this uh, dumb fire. I really thought that it would just sort of fade away and it would be fine. Um, And then when that wasn't happening, I reached out quietly to politicians um, over email and DM, to councillors, to the mayor's office. I had a conversation with the mayor's office and still nothing happened. And I was really annoyed that we were being sort of hung out to dry, left to fend for ourselves, fill in the expression, um, for weeks on end. We, we had these awful protesters screaming at us, screaming at our staff, screaming at me, banging pots and pans, and the cops would literally just stand there, sometimes flipping through vacation photos and like doing nothing. And, you know, when you'd say, like, this is clearly not a peaceful protest, like, why are you allowing this to happen? Why are you allowing these people to be on the sidewalk in between our front entranceways and our Cafe Tio patios, which, by the way, were specifically given to restaurants as a crutch to help us get back on our feet after the worst year and a half of our lives. So to have these people out of one side of their mouth you know, being extremely anti-lockdown, therefore extremely pro-business, and then getting in the way of us operating our business is, 
you know, the hypocrisy is astounding. But beyond that, to have the police do nothing in this moment, and of course, everybody's pointed out, you know, they have a lot of energy for removing people from tents. Why can't they remove them from a sidewalk of a little restaurant that's just trying to have a nice time? So it was really an awful, untenable situation that seemed unending. So I finally tweeted about it. And then I got I got the mayor on the phone and, um, you know, had a pleasant conversation, was told that, you know, he couldn't really do much and couldn't direct the police because that's what a dictatorship is, et cetera, et cetera. And then uh, five, six days later, it was a completely different Saturday. And that was the Saturday that just passed. What made it so different? Well, the police did their job. Yeah. <laughs> For the first time. I mean, I find this interesting in a bunch of ways, the media angle being one of them. Like, you're getting this kind of, like, bullshit, like, you know, well, I don't direct the police, and they've got a right to peacefully protest. And even if you were to go and, like, pitch this to a newsroom, like, well, why do we care about your restaurant? But you happen to be a restaurateur who has a pretty large and strong social media presence, and you said, fuck it. And tweeted about this and showed a video that just like anybody's like, no, this is not a peaceful protest. Like these people, first of all, like your restaurant doesn't even have like you have to be vaccinated to come inside. You're only doing patio services, I understand it. Yes. And I guess you were targeted because you've been a voice on this. I think that was the original thing was that I had dared to say that I was pro vaccine passport. But most of the people protesting believed or at least said they believed not that I engaged with them. I never spoke to them. They believed that we were asking for vaccine certification but we're not even doing indoor dining. Like the whole thing is so stupid. And to the argument that it's like, hey, this is a free country. They're allowed to protest. It's like, well, Mm. you know, if the basic concept is that my right to like flail my arms around wildly ends at your nose, how does that apply when like droplets are spraying out of my mouth over people who are like having cocktails, you know, like there actually is a physical threat, you know? I I do know, Jesse. Because I was there watching it happen. And it was crazy to me that not only was this like a violent violation that was a verbal assault, but there's a spit-based pandemic happening and these people are spitting everywhere. They're not vaccinated and they're not wearing masks. Jen, industry secret. I'm actually not trying to explain this to you, but to I mean, our I listeners who, to might, who might not have seen the video. Uh, <laughs> so anyhow, obviously from this video, this is not a peaceful protest. They're making your business completely untenable. And it's it's actually a, like a physical risk to the people eating there. And, you know, other people capture the cops, like not just like, like it's such bullshit that the cops can't do it. Hey, they, they have a right to protest. The cops were caught on video basically saying to the protesters, like, you know, know, I'm kind of on your side here, but like, I've got to uphold the, and then a cop actually did quotes, the law. All right, as far as the police are concerned, we don't have a dog in the fight. We're yeah. just simply yeah. here. We're neutral. Maintain order, We're that's it. Why do you let me, why do you let me say what well, Right down the middle, okay? So I didn't want to remove her from the seats. This person told me to, that is the law. So you're enduring this. The, the protests are not peaceful. And then finally you say, fuck it, I've had enough. And you tweet about it. And that gets the mayor's attention. But he's still saying, oh, I can't do anything about this. I don't control the police. I'm on your side, but I can't do anything. But then your message on Twitter gets picked up by celebrities, by Barry Jenkins, from Moonlight, uh, Dan Levy, Tanya Tagak. And all of a sudden, this is a really bad look for the city. And what do you know? The cops 
cops actually can do something when protesters are like threatening people's health and lives. Well, we know they can clear out a park, so presumably they could they can clear out a sidewalk. Yeah. So what are they doing? Are they like creating a larger perimeter? Are they arresting these people? What are they doing? Exactly. So they're creating a larger perimeter and not allowing them. I know you know how Puffland looks, but just for listeners who might not, let me draw a picture. Um, so two of the restaurants are on the north side of the street. One is on the south and it's sort of a triangle. And there's not a lot of other stuff on that block. It's a pretty small block. So they're, they're keeping them off the sidewalk. They're threatening to arrest. The moment anyone is sort of raising their voice above talking, they are getting told that they will be arrested. There are no pots and pans being allowed, like really basic stuff that should have been happening right from the start. Yeah, it's something that, like, to me, how you were able to basically make a media story happen. And it's the kind of thing that most people who own restaurants can't do. And that's, like, kind of a fucked up way to meet out who actually gets their rights protected and who the police work for and who they don't. Oh, my God. Of course. Like, it obviously has occurred to me that I have tons of privilege. I'm a white woman who runs restaurants And as this was unfolding, it's like, what if I were not a white woman? What if I were a black woman trying to tell the cops that uh, another cop had done something shitty? I mean, it's not great. And it's not great that I had to, that I could use my privilege in this way or that I had to. The worst argument that I've read on Twitter in a long time, which is saying something, was a, tw- was, a tw- was a tweet. It was like the dumbest thing I've read. It was a tweet saying, like, if everybody's okay with another kind of protester taking statues down and, and, we, and we live in a lawless society, then why should I care about a la-di-da restaurant like this? I saw that uh, tweet. It's so stupid. And the author of the dumbest tweet I've read in recent memory was John Kay. Oh, shit, that was him. I forgot. Yes, what a dummy. (laughs) And I I know, I I know when he does that stuff, I know that he just wants a quote tweet. He wants a reply. He wants attention because he's a giant baby. But yeah, that was uh, real dumb. I will draw you into my petty conflicts with glee. <laughs> I mean, just the idea of John Kay, who's like a tennis club Rosedale dude, being like, oh, la-di-da, this <laughs> restaurant is a, uh, oh, they have, and then he actually went and looked at your, like, cocktail list so he could, like, refer to, like, why should I care about some place that serves uh It was an Armagnac Colada. He chose the most expensive cocktail at Swan. It was actually not even at the right restaurant. It was at Swan. And it's like, it's fucking Armagnac. You know how much Armagnac costs, asshole. I, I just love the blue collar pose of like, as if I'm supposed to care about these Armagnac sipping hipsters when, I mean, come on. like Does that work for like, his audience? It's so lame. Anyhow, we will have justice in society as soon as every single restaurant owner has a Twitter account that is connected to Dan Levy and uh, Barry <laughs> Jenkins. I have no response to that. That is Shortcuts for everybody this week. Thank you for joining me. We are on Twitter at CanadaLand. Uh, you can email me at jesse at CanadaLand.com. I read what you send. Check out our website where the White Saviors is uh, posted its third episode. That show deserves your attention. Jen... People might not know this, but you're on social media. Where can they find you? Um, I am on Twitter at the Black Hoof because I just 
never bothered to change it. And Instagram at Jen underscore, underscore, underscore ag. And that's about it. This episode is produced by Kevin Sexton with additional production by Tristan Capicione. Our managing editor is Kieran Oddshorn. Theme music is by SoCalled. Syndication is by CFUV 101.9 FM in Victoria. Visit them online at CFUV.ca. If you like what we do and you want to receive ad-free versions of all of our podcasts, please support us by hitting the link in the show notes or go to canadaland.com slash join. Why would anyone ever agree to do this? Hey, I need you to pay close attention to this message. It is not an ad. This is about Canada land and this is about you. You need to know that the news crisis is about to get a lot worse. You've heard about the layoffs. We're about to have news closures. And it's very likely that we're going to be seeing the defunding of the CBC. Where are you going to get your information from? What can you do about this? You can support Canada land. We need you to. And so for this month and this month only, you can become a Canada land supporter and get everything our supporters get. For just $2 a month, that is an almost 80% discount. The clock is ticking on this. It disappears at the end of the month, and then we will not offer it. We need your support. We need to keep news coverage alive in Canada. Go right now to canadaland.com join. And thank you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A couple of years ago, a cop was shot dead on a deserted pier in the tiny nation of Belize. The only other person there that night was a frightened young woman, found covered in blood. By all appearances, it was an open and shut case. But not in Belize, where this woman was connected to a mysterious billionaire who basically runs the place. Justice will not be served in this case. She's gonna get away with it. Or will she? White Devil, a Campside Media original. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.